it's a really nice conversation starter with your children. When their clothing arrives, you can explain that it's come from another child so that children can make that connection with the fact that it's had a previous life. Hello and welcome to the Age of Plastic, an environmental podcast. Now, I called it that because plastic is kind of linked to all our climate change issues and all our climate change issues are interlinked. Plastic is a fossil fuel. We use it for cheap single use, well, everything. And it's destroying oceans, land and air. (gasps) Deep breath. Now that's out of the way. How can we change our habits and do things better? This podcast is all about finding the people doing things better, letting you know about them, letting you know what you can do to change those around you. Now, according to reports, the fossil fuel industry is hoping that their next big boom market is... Ding, ding, you guessed it, plastic. We're making more than ever before. And one of those things that the plastic's used for is kids' clothes. Now, have you ever been selling an item of clothing on Facebook Marketplace, then trying to buy a second-hand item on eBay, packing up a bag for the charity shop, and then another bag for clothes recycling at your local tip or collection point? It's a lot, isn't it? Well done, you, though. Well, in the UK, Instep's new brand, Dotter, set up by friends Louise and Sam, which aims to be a one-stop, fully circular solution for parents for kids' clothes. Now, according to Dotter, D-O-T-T-E, shopping secondhand can save 75% of CO2 emissions caused by clothing. Now, I'm chatting with Louise Weiss today as we find out what recycled clothes are used for, what percentage of parents throw kids' clothes away because they don't know what to do with them. And the two questions we always ask our guests are back. Just didn't have time when I spoke to Garnier UK and Plastics for Change on the previous episode. Here's my chat with one of the co-founders of Dotter. So, Louise Weiss, thank you so much for joining me on the Age of Plastic podcast. Welcome. Very happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Now, you are the co-founder of Dotter. Um, This is all about being a fully circular solution for parents to deal with those kids' clothes, which they're in for five seconds and then they're on to the next thing. Um, But let's talk about that name first, because there's a bit of a story behind Dotter, isn't there? There is, yeah. Um, So Samantha and I, my co-founder Samantha, uh, we both have daughters. My daughter is called Dorothy, we call her Dot, and Samantha's daughter is called Lotta. So we decided to blend the two names to create something totally unique, which is Dotta, and actually it turns out that translates to mean daughter itself. Does it? Did you not know that when you came up with it? That's amazing. Yes. It's it's kind of a bit of a challenge to pronounce sometimes for some people, but um, also makes it quite memorable, I think. So Yeah. And what a cute story as well. Weirdly, your name's Louise. You've got a daughter called Dorothy. They're both my middle names. How odd's that? Mm, there we go. <laughs> um, so you set up Dotter not that long ago. Was this kind of a lockdown project for you and Samantha? Yes, it definitely was. So we founded the company in June 2020. So in the middle of the pandemic, we had lots of meetings on socially distanced walks um, and (laughs) our team have only just started working together in a physical space, which has been really nice. But um, it was definitely born of the pandemic. Yeah. And for people who don't know, this is kind of your one-stop shop. So if you want to buy kids' clothes, you want to sell kids' clothes, or if there's stuff that you're like, oh, I can't really give that to anyone, you can donate and you'll recycle, won't you? So you kind of do everything. Exactly. We wanted to make a really easy one-stop shop where parents could just clear out their whole kids' closet in one place. You know, parents 
more than anyone else are, are more time pressured and don't have the time to sort through and send things to different places and actually quite a lot of charity shops don't accept children's clothing so it can actually be really? a real challenge yes um, we know that 30% of parents throw kids' clothes straight in the bin and it's because they don't know what to do with them um, and there's a lack of options. So we thought instead of just offering the ability to sell on kids' clothes, we should also offer the ability to um, donate them or recycle them. Yeah, that's amazing. And like you say, so time pressured. And that's quite an amazing stat, isn't it? That 30% of parents just chuck them because they just don't know what, what to do with them, even even though... There is a second life for recycled kids' clothes, right? Exactly. Kids' clothes are basically the perfect fit for resale because they have a really short wear cycle because of growth spurts, which means they've got plenty of life left in them. Um, So, you know, we're really trying to get every garment to live its fullest life with as many families as possible um, on Dotter. Yeah. And when it comes to brands that people can sell on there, you're incredibly inclusive in the brands that you have on there, right? Yes, we really want to get every single family involved in resale and the circular economy. And I think sustainable fashion so far has in some ways been quite an exclusive community and sustainable fashion can sometimes be seen as quite expensive and inaccessible so part of our mission is really to open it up to everybody and be a really inclusive space so we have no rules you can list any brands you want we're not snooty um we'll welcome anyone and we'll really support our community to Um, sell everything that they have so we provide tips on how to take great photographs how to style the things you're you're selling to try and get everything another life with another family yeah and you mentioned that word community there that's quite important because that's quite a big aspect of daughter isn't it bringing together parents huge yeah it's it's really the heart of everything we do so our community help shape our future um, the way we build out our marketplace and new features that they want and they're also at the heart of our content so um, on our Instagram channel we share a lot of tips and tricks about how to live a more sustainable family life and we do that by showcasing people in our community who are doing interesting things and showing that every small achievable step really adds up um, and really making sustainable living something that feels uh, within grasp um, rather than some unachievable goal. Yeah, exactly. I feel like what I hear from my friends who are parents is there's enough parent guilt out there without adding sustainability to it. But like you say, tips there in the community space on Dota, um, it's quite hard, isn't it, to keep like plastic, for example, out of children's lives have you got any good sort of parenting hacks for things like that yeah I mean (laughs) you definitely get an influx of plastic when you have children I mean from like baby gear things that are almost unavoidable like bottles for example um nappies there's now a lot of great alternatives in terms of um reusable nappies that you can wash um but then also toys so at Christmas and birthdays people often buy a lot of plastic and now there's great solutions like Whirly who've been featured on this podcast before where you can rent toys and also trying to encourage family and friends to look at 
um, more sustainably made toys that are wooden, uh, sort of Montessori toys. And there's some great places to find toys like that, like Kidley, for example. Um, but a big area where we often forget about plastics is clothing. Um, you know, synthetic fibres like polyester and nylon, um, every time we wash those items of clothing, they create microfibres, which eventually end up in our oceans. Um, and it's actually a huge problem. And actually about 40% of the man-made plastics in oceans comes from nylon, which is quite terrifying. But thankfully, there's loads of new fabrics being engineered and coming out that we can start to look at as alternatives. So, for example, instead of buying a fleece for your child, which is one of the worst culprits for microfibers, buy a cotton sweater instead. And instead of lycra, look for um, lyocell. So there's lots of easy alternatives that are coming through to reduce plastics in clothing. And if you are going to buy synthetic fibres, try and buy them for items that don't need washing as much, like shoes, coats, bags or scarves. And also try to just minimise washing overall, because it obviously uses a huge amount of water and energy. So doing things like spot cleaning. I mean, kids get covered in stains. <laughs> But simple things like, um, obviously, babies can wear bibs, but when they get a bit older, buy them a cooking apron and actually get them to wear that at mealtimes and just try and reduce the need to use your washing machine every day, although it is very hard. <laughs> I was going to say, every parent I know is like, washing machines constantly on. Um, but there are some amazing tips there. So that's just some of the tips you can find, I imagine, on the daughter community. But I wanted to talk about... Um, there's there's such a lot out there and I think Dotter is the only when it comes to buying clothes online there are so many options out there and I sometimes think you go on eBay you go on Amazon that's not necessarily where I go for fashion and you type some of the kids clothes in you'll get tens of thousands of things on there so it's it's almost too overwhelming would you kind of agree with that? Yeah, totally. And this is exactly why Sam and I started Dotter. It was out of genuine parental frustration. Um, we were already getting into buying most of our clothes from Depop, um, Vestiaire Collective, and sometimes eBay too. Um, and then when it came to our kids, we were just having to spend hours trawling through eBay or Gumtree um, and we just don't really have the time for that. And it just wasn't inspirational. Um, so we felt like we should build a real fashion destination where buying secondhand actually feels better than buying you because you get to feel really smug about saving CO2 and water while shopping for your kids. But by buying from other parents and families, you're actually being inspired and discovering new brands that you'd never heard of instead of just relying on two or three high street shops that you just always go to out of habit. Um, and another really important part of Dotter is, is we have our resale collective. So this is a group of sustainable, fashion forward kids wear brands um, who will actually reward you if you buy their clothes and resell it on Dotter, they'll give you a discount to buy the next size up with them. So we're really trying to encourage parents away from sort of um, convenience shopping in much cheaper places where actually your money's going in the bin because that item doesn't have another life in it. And instead investing in slightly more quality, durable clothing, they can resell, recoup the costs and therefore have more money to invest in the next size up. 
Yeah, totally. And parents don't have a lot of time. You're not wanting to be spending a load of cash on kids' clothes. So I was going to ask about the Resale Collective because I think it's such a nice idea because you as a small brand are helping those smaller brands, more sustainable brands often, get noticed because it's very hard, as we've heard from fashion brands on this podcast before, to go up against the likes of the H&M Conscious Collective. Definitely. It's all about showcasing them and giving them a platform. Yeah, it's, it's a really key part of our community and something we're growing rapidly. So we're working with 18 brands at the moment and wow. always looking for new partners to work with. Um, and, you know, some people have had a response to the Resale Collective that they think that as encouraging buying new is sort of counterintuitive from a sustainability perspective. But I think it's important to recognise that we have to be realistic and it's not possible for everyone to buy every single item in their wardrobe secondhand. And as you said, parents have enough guilt on them. So it is okay to buy new, just buy better and buy less new and where you can buy secondhand. That's really the ethos we're trying to promote with our resale collective. A short interlude in the podcast now to remind you that we can't all do this alone. If we want to divest from fossil fuels like plastic, we need everyone and all companies on board. So if you want to find out what the companies you use are up to when it comes to sustainability, but you don't know where to start, there's a handy form that you can download and use to email to any company. You'll find it on my website, iamandreafox.co.uk. Back to today's episode kids are going to grow out of it you know you're not gonna if you can't find you know your age range for your child on daughter then actually using that discount you've earned from reselling their other clothes it's it's just it's one little thing isn't it i always think on this podcast there's no one size fits all solution it's not possible for every family to go to a zero waste shop it's not possible for everyone to have an electric car but it's having these options and having multiple options for people is how you get everyone on board right exactly you've got to work out what works for you and your family and your children and just run with that. Yeah. We touched on recycling, but you actually use the kids' clothes in quite an interesting way when they're recycled through Dotter, don't you? Some of the things that the recycled clothes go to be used towards. Yeah, so clothing generally, it's quite hard to recycle clothing because, especially kids' clothes, because there tends to be a blend of fibres. So pulling those fibres apart... Um, and creating new fibres from those different fibres uh, <laughs> is quite tricky. So a lot of it goes into things like car seat padding um, for your children or um, rags to be used on oil ships. So it's not very exciting stuff, but at least it's getting a new life. Yeah, exactly, which is better than landfill. You know, it's one, if you can add like an extra step to something before it actually ends up in landfill or not, have it end up there at all I think that's that's really amazing um I wanted to touch on lockdown as well you started the brand during lockdown do you think it would have come along had it not been for lockdown do you think there was always going to be a daughter I think there was always going to be a daughter because you know resale culture is here and when you look at gen Z, you know over half of them are regularly buying and selling secondhand this is how the younger generations are clothing themselves so it would have happened but i think the pandemic really accelerated it um you know we were all trapped at home reflecting on 
how we'd ended up in the situation where we were and, and a lot of people started to focus on our impact on the planet and it got them thinking about fast fashion um, and living a more sustainable life which is kind of one of the good things that maybe came out of the pandemic and we really did see a huge boom in resale during the pandemic which has continued which is only a good thing um, so the d- pandemic was definitely an accelerator. Yeah I wanted to ask as well when I'm not sure how old uh, yours and Sam's kids are, but when they're getting secondhand clothing via Dotter, is that something that they're old enough to understand now? Because I was thinking this is probably quite a good seed to start in children to think about sustainability in their clothing. Yeah, it's a really nice conversation starter with your children. Um you know, when their clothing arrives in the post, you can explain that it's come from another child. Um, and one of the things we're really keen to do at DOT is really um, enable people to find out more about where their clothes have come from and sort of carry that story forward a bit um, so that children can help to make that connection with where their clothing has come from and the fact that it's had a previous life. And then also on the flip side, when it's time to sell on their clothes, you can involve them in that process of looking at what's outgrown, what should we sell, what should we donate. And actually, you know, my daughter gets upset sometimes because she loves a dress and she just doesn't want to let it go. But it's quite nice to explain that, well, another little girl can get some pleasure out of this. Um, And it's one of the most heartwarming feelings when we see on Instagram someone sharing a picture of a of their child wearing something from Dotter and the original owner you know comments on it and says oh that was my daughter's dress it's so nice to see it having another life it's really nice that is so sweet and you must have so many stories like that from Dotter how lovely is that we do yeah and one of the exciting developments over the next sort of 12 months is we're looking at building some new technology which allows us to track the lifespan of those garments so we can start to say well this dress has had five lives through Dotter already which would be really nice. That is amazing because you do see on some of the fashion rental websites like oh by renting this you save this much CO2 this many coffees this many car journeys this many you know trees worth of CO2 and I, that's amazing well done on that that sounds very techie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> just thinking about um the the fashion brands that you've teamed with um what's their sort of response to the resale because i feel like some big brands that maybe we've already mentioned probably are slightly worried about this resale market because all of the business pages that you care to look at say that this is the big growth area when it comes to fashion and i imagine that includes kids fashion as well yeah, it does indeed. And we, we know that sort of CEOs in the fashion industry are, are, are very much aware that one of the main pressures on them is is how are they going to adapt to be more sustainable because it's what consumers want, it's what their customers are demanding from them. So you get a bit of a mixed response. And I think, you know, the major retailers have a challenge in that they have to work out a commercially viable way to work with resale, um, whether that's through partnerships or developing their own marketplaces. And the great news is that there are larger retailers who are starting to experiment in this space. Um, John Lewis, for example, just um, run a funding competition called the Circular Futures Fund to work with startups and charities on developing circular ways for their business. Um, 
But then these small independent brands, they respond with open arms. You know, they're really looking to partner with um, resale platforms because they understand that they're offering their customers the solution they've been looking for. And their customers are already doing it. So they're building their own Facebook resale groups for certain brands. So, you know, why not be part of it with them? Um, and they also see the benefits in terms of increasing loyalty from their customers. Um, and they genuinely want to extend the lifespan of their clothes because they're making them to last. So it's a natural fit for these more independent brands. That's so good to hear. And it's such a good point that it's gives such goodwill from the customers you already have to be part of that conversation completely. And you know so much about the fashion and kids industry and, uh, you know, online retail now. Is this your background before you set up Dotter? No. <laughs> um, so I was actually a neuroscientist for several years and I worked at Great oh. Ormond Street Hospital. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's quite the turnaround. It is. Um, yeah, I've had what you call a sort of squiggly career, which is, you know, quite common nowadays. Um, I'd say my expertise is in working with children and families, really. I've done it in several different capacities. Um, but, you know, the passion has always been to to do something socially meaningful, to have a positive impact. And when I had children, I think, you know, the same happens for many parents. Your view of the future suddenly extends from not just thinking about your own lifespan, but actually your child's lifespan. And that's when climate change becomes all the more worrying. Um, and so that was something I wanted to start to pour my energy into. Um, and I also really wanted to be able to clear out my kids' clothes because I was drowning in them <laughs> during lockdown. <laughs> I know. I think everyone I spoke to at work was like, well, I've made a bag for the charity shop for when they reopen. It suddenly made us look at all of the things that we have at home. And I think, like you say, that lockdown did really focus minds on when you're stuck at home looking at, do I do I have too much stuff? Do I need all of this stuff? And like you say, especially with kids where you know, so much plastic comes into their lives, so much of their clothes are made of plastic. So, yeah, completely. Uh, we always ask our guests two questions, Louise, so I think it's probably time we got round to those questions now. Uh, plastic is a good material, we're just using it in the wrong way. <clears throat> I often give the example of it being used in a medical setting, which I imagine you're more than well aware of, the amount of plastic that's used in a medical setting, but how revolutionary that's been. Um... So is there a plastic item in your life that you are actually grateful for? <laughs> Might seem a bit frivolous, but actually the scarf that I'm wearing right now is oh, made yeah, largely really. from polyester and acrylic, which has a lot of microfibers. And um, I've had this for almost 15 years and oh, wow. it goes everywhere with me. It's been all around the world. I wear it every day at work and it's also been like a blanket for my children. So it just holds a lot of sentimental value and it's important to me. So I try not to wash it very often, but I love it. Yeah, another great tip, as you've already mentioned, just don't wash your clothes. Honestly, I'm, pu I'm putting stuff like scarves and jeans in the freezer these days just to get the, get the bacteria and stuff out of them. It works a treat. Um, okay, Louise from Dutta, your final question then, please. Your environmental hero, if you can share that with us. Yeah, um, I suppose mine is maybe a bit less sort of... Um, directly related to like the climate cause right now but 
there's a researcher who really inspired me when I was doing my undergraduate degree in psychology called um, Jane Goodall, who actually spent years living in the jungle with chimpanzees and studying them. And she was just a huge inspiration to show that amount of dedication to learning about nature. And I think we're all quite disconnected from nature in many ways in today's society. And I think what she did is show how similar we are to animals and to raise our awareness of our connection with the natural world. And I think that's really fundamental, a fundamental step that we all have to recognise to move towards trying to change our lifestyles and behaviours. So I'd like to say it's Jane Goodall. Louise from Dotter there, lovely speaking with her. Jane Goodall. I mean, she's 87, did you know? Still smashing it. Find out more about Dotter. The website is in the show notes. And we mentioned Whirly. This is like a subscription service, toy rental, making toys for kids more sustainable. I've linked to that episode with their brilliant founder in the show notes as well. Thank you for all the messages. Prad's been sharing a brilliant TED talk. I will share that in the show notes. And if you want to get involved in our chat about a compostable makeup, you can do that on the socials, Age of Plastic podcast. All the details to get in touch are wherever you are listening right now. Eco life hack that I was reminded of recently. I love a battery charger. Love a battery charger. Honestly, up until quite recently, my husband thought that you threw batteries in the bin. Never throw batteries in the bin. Put them in the recycling bin where the batteries go. I noticed that my quite new-ish batteries that are rechargeable are actually made from old batteries. Finally, batteries getting in on the circular economy. Love it. Love to see it. Coming up on the next episode of the Age of Plastic podcast, an award-winning brand making products out of waste products. Yeah. Nothing icky. I'm talking coffee granules. More next time on the Age of Plastic podcast. Until then, wash your hands, wash your recycling, wear a mask. And for the love of all that is sacred... Let's divest from fossil fuels. I'll see you next time on the Age of Plastic podcast.